Welcome to the IEEE Brain Podcast Series, an IEEE Digital Studio production. This episode is conducted in conjunction with the IEEE Engineering in Medicine and Biology Society. Today, we're joined by Erica Ross, Director of R&D Applied Research at Abbott Neuromodulation. Erica shares insights on her education and career path, looks at case studies in the technology space, and offers advice to students and young professionals interested in this growing field. Erica, thank you again for taking some time to join us today. To get started, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself? So I'm Erica Ross. I'm the Director of Applied Research at Abbott Neuromodulation. I head up a team of biomedical engineers and scientists really trying to to understand more about how we can create new technologies to treat different chronic disorders with neuromodulation. Um, I also spend uh, time with IEEE and the Engineering and Medicine and Biology Society as the Chair of Diversity and Inclusion and sit on the advisory committee there as well. So Erica, can you share a little bit about your educational background? Yeah, yes, absolutely. So I, um, I'm from Colorado. I, I uh, went to a, a school there, the University of Denver, where I studied biology and, and uh, molecular biology, actually. I did my master's in molecular biology there. And when I graduated, I was pretty well convinced I, I was going to continue on the mitochondrial biology track. So I, I found a, a great lab at the Mayo Clinic to continue on and do my PhD. Um, when, I, when I got to Mayo, I um, had a, there was a, a fun social event to, to have all of the faculty meet all of the incoming students. And I, my mind was pretty well set that I was, I was going to go to this lab um, and continue on in, in mitochondrial biology and was... Uh, <laughs> a bit somewhat ambushed by by a, a neurosurgeon there who introduced himself as as you know, hi my name is is kendall lee and i and you're going to join my lab i was like i don't know who this guy is i i don't know anything about about what you do and he uh he convinced me to come to and uh, come to his operating room and said just just come see what you see see what you'll see what you think and so i agreed to this still thinking i had my my plan mapped out and, and I was going to stick in the molecular biology realm um, and, and went to his operating room and joined him for a deep brain stimulation case. So, so I showed up and, and there was a, a gentleman, he had extremely severe Parkinson's disease and they, they started this procedure. There were some things that, that weren't going quite, quite perfectly, so it was taking a little bit longer than usual. And this is a, an awake surgery. So when, when folks do, when folks get deep brain stimulation in some, some places, they'll do an awake surgery where, where folks are, are kind of part of the procedure to make sure electrodes go into the right portion of the brain. And, and it's kind of long and tedious. And, and uh, he kept falling asleep. And every time he would fall asleep, his, um, his hands would stop tremoring. So Parkinson's disease, for some people, has, there's a big, big uh, motor components. So you see, see um, tremor and things like this show up. So falls asleep, his hands stop tremoring. And they finally, they get, they get the electrode into the right place in the brain. And, and the nurse looks under the, the, the looks, looks at him kind of under the head frame and, and says, Mr. Such and such, uh, are you still awake? And 
you looked a little bit closer and he had tears in his eyes. And it was because he, he, for the first time in years and years, had complete control of his hands because they got the electrode into the right place. And right at this moment, uh, Dr. Lee leaned over to me and he's like, and we still don't know how it works. <laughs> so I was like, all right, fine. I, I guess I'm hooked. I, I think that this is super interesting. I, I, I have to study neuromodulation. And so I joined this lab. I was there for several years, kind of building up my knowledge base around what, what deep brain stimulation was, what spinal cord stimulation was, treating other disorders, um, peripheral nerve stimulation, trying to expand what, what's possible when you take an electrical interface and put it near conductive tissue and, and kind of grew out of that. So finished my PhD there, um, went on to do some work with, with DARPA and under a couple DARPA contracts doing peripheral nerve stimulation. Um, and then I moved on to a startup company that came out of the Stanford Biodesign Program called CalaHealth really focused in on peripheral nerve stimulation and to treat another movement disorder called essential tremor. And so I joined a team of biomedical, biomedical researchers there. Um, the company at the time was led by an amazing biomedical engineer named Kate Rosenbluth. She's still the, the chief scientific officer there, but I got to, got to kind of learn, learn a lot from her and, and help guide what what the product became and, and how we thought about data and, and what the therapy could ultimately be for, for folks. So joined, was, was with Cala for a couple of years, um, kind of growing into different positions there and, and uh, in 2019 joined Abbott in my current role. So when did you first become involved with IEEE? Yeah, so, so I, I got involved with IEEE when I was a student um, at Mayo and participated in a few different uh, different seminars and things that they had uh, during that that period of time. Uh, more recently, I think it was 2019, I I joined for a uh, the Neurotech Entrepreneurs Workshop that was held in in Arizona and Phoenix, and really started to to understand more about what IEEE uh, Brain and IEEE EMBS really stood for and and uh, started getting involved there. Um, in 2020, Metna Kay, who is, who is the president of IEEE EMBS, reached out and invited me to, to, to join, join as an advisory committee member. Um, he's, he's an incredible advocate for women in STEM and women in, in engineering and uh, has just been extremely an absolute pleasure to work with and see how he thinks about being an advocate. So I, I um, joined in that role and have since become the chair of diversity inclusion or co-chair actually of, of diversity and inclusion with Cindy Chestick out of University of Michigan, who's, who's wonderful as well. How do you view the interaction between IEEE brain and your society? Yes. So, IEEE EMBS is is um it's very broad in terms of of interests that that folks can can uh, participate in and get involved with. IEEE Brain is really focused in in brain stuff, so um, it's it's kind of a a subset of IEEE. But but the the folks who are involved in both, it's actually a lot of cross crossover between the two groups. 
um, and, and just great leadership across the board. So Erica, what are some of the benefits that you're seeing with the advancement of neuromodulation uh, therapies? Sure. Yeah. So, so neuromodulation therapies are, are really, um, it's really interesting to see all the applications where we see improvement in chronic disorders. Um, Parkinson's is a great example, essential tremor, another great example where, where deep brain stimulation has, has shown to be effective. Um, spinal cord stimulation is a, is a very big portion of, of the, the patient population that, that we treat. You see spinal cord stimulation being very effective for different pain disorders. And so that's, that's a good chunk of, of what, what we do and tr- where we try to think about innovating. As a woman working in this field, do you have any specific advice that you would offer to younger females? I would say first and foremost, um, women in the in in our field want to help other women in our field, and it's an amazing network of folks who both both women in engineering and women, excuse me, and advocates, male advocates in this space who really want to see uh, see everybody reach their full potential. So I think the biggest piece of advice I could give is reach out and make sure you get tapped into those networks and don't underestimate yourself and make sure you're constantly learning and asking questions and fine-tuning what questions you ask and recognizing that it's okay if your plans get derailed, but, but make sure you have of your own personal board of directors and your own network that you can tap into to make sure that you have the right and the best information to operate on. One of the best ways to get involved is, is uh, I, so I spend a decent amount of time in the mentorship programs and some of the best relationships and interns actually who we've brought in to, to, to Abbott um, have come from those programs where, where uh, as I grow in my career, I, I love bringing people who are more junior in their careers up with me. And I think that's true of, of folks and especially women in engineering at every level. Um, so I think that that's an incredible, those, those programs are extremely important for building these networks and building these advo- advocacy programs. So Erica, do you have any final thoughts you'd like to share with our listening audience? Our field has a lot of potential and there's a lot of opportunities for bright young minds to come in and, and help help us help us see what, what we don't see yet. I think we're headed in um, headed in a direction where there's ancillary fields that we get to pull into neuromodulation to truly create innovative and seamless therapies for people to use on a day to day basis. Thank you for listening to our interview with Erica Ross. To learn more about IEEE Brain, please visit our web portal at brain.ieee.org.